0: Thank you for listening to The Real Reality with Dr. Oren Amitay. I'm not going to do my usual spiel because I've done this uh, several times in this uh, three-part series on perspectives. If you have not listened to the first two uh, episodes, please listen to those first. Or you can listen to this in isolation. But everything builds on each other. So when we talk about perspective, there are a couple more points that are really important. And what I'm really talking about is changing the way your brain operates or your mind functions. And one of the things that people have to recognize is that, truly, we are, you know, a product of our um, our neurological patterns, uh, the firing of neurons and so on. And what we're trying to do is get ourselves into a different mind, uh, into a different mental state. And so what I talked about in the other podcast, that all tapped into being into in, in different mental states. And one of these mental states, and I'm not going to talk much about it, but I'm just going to introduce it, is this thing called flow. I'll talk about it more in a different podcast. But flow is kind of like when you're doing something and then, you know, you don't have to even think anymore. You're putting in effort, but it's just everything feels automatic. And the, the analogy that, let's say, a baseball player would say is if they're, if they're a hitter and they say, you know, they see the ball coming in slow motion and it's as big as a beach ball. That's when you're in flow or if you're playing pool and every shot just sinks. You don't have to even think about the angles. It all just works out. So, and, and this applies to so many different things in life. So, it's, it's a really great state to be in. It's pretty hard to get into, but the fact is, we do know that we can put ourselves into these altered states. And when you're in flow, it's like you're the, it's the most optimal functioning possible. So, even if you don't get into a state of flow, just please keep in mind that by putting in certain efforts, by, by taking certain steps, we're able to put ourselves into a better uh, state of mind. And by doing that, we're able to function better. So, again, it doesn't have to reach flow, but at least just get yourself into a better state. It's mechanical. There are, you know, there are proven steps to take. So, uh, that's one thing I want to say. But getting back to this whole thing about perspective that I've been talking about, there's a great study that they looked at. And I just, this is just one example that I hope people understand the, the logic behind it. And if you've listened to the other podcast, you know I was talking about gratitude previously. Well, they looked at uh, Olympic athletes and they compared silver and bronze medalists and they asked you know they asked first of all a lot of people who do you think would be more happy more grateful the the silver or the bronze medalist and most people assume the silver medalist because hey they're second place you know it's it's better than bronze but in reality the bronze medalists were more grateful they were in a better state of uh, being you know they they this they were more positive why because a bronze medalist looked back behind them they said oh my goodness i almost missed the podium i was almost fourth place i'm just happy to be here i'm glad that i made it whereas the silver medalists were like i missed the first place by seconds or you know by a few centimeters or something like that and all they're focusing on is what they didn't get what they didn't achieve whereas the bronze medalists are focused on what they did achieve that's gratitude that's positive thinking <coughs> so that's just I think people should keep that in mind when they're trying to or when they tell themselves, Oh, this is all bullshit or you know, hippie dippy kind of stuff. No. It is a fact. And but we have to be practical about this because let's say somebody's house burned down and they've just they've lost all their possessions and you know memories and you know, and they're just frantic, well, how am I gonna rebuild? How am I gonna you know, where am I gonna live, where am I gonna stay? Oh my god. And someone goes to them, Well, at least you still have your health. In those moments, They're going to give you a backhand, and probably rightfully so. So uh, you have to understand that, you know, this whole idea about gratitude or proper perspective, in theory, it's great, but we have to be realistic in ourselves. So if you can't put yourself in that state because you're in the moment, you know, right now you're in a certain moment where it's just impossible to achieve or you feel it's impossible to achieve, don't be hard on yourself. Because if you're hard on yourself, you're just going to spiral downward. Just recognize, okay, right now I'm not able to do it. This is like someone who runs marathons. You know, maybe they can run a thirty-mile marathon every day, but one particular day they're feeling a little bit sick and they can't even run ten, you know, ten feet. Well, have perspective. Right now, I'm not in the right, you know, physical or mental or emotional state to do it. Put it off for now. I will do it later when I'm in a better state. Okay. Again, this goes back to a, a proper perspective. Don't expect too much. Expect a lot, You know, put, put some demands on yourself. Make sure they're realistic. Make sure they're reasonable. But don't put too many demands that are just gonna crush your spirit and by the way there's like maybe one percent or less of the population who can do that those are the special people the ones who always put these unre- these cr- crazy high demands on themselves and they achieve that's great but they're special people it's just like saying not everybody can run the hundred meter dash in nine point something seconds and it's that's not that's not wrong life is a bell curve and by that I mean most people are in the middle. Some people will be on the really, really high ends. You have to accept that you may not be, you know, in the 99th percentile of something. You may not be the best in the world. But if you're in the 50th percentile, you're right in the middle, you're average. You can improve yourself to 51st or 52nd or 60th. But it doesn't come automatically. If you weren't blessed with certain attributes, whether it's strength, certain mindset, if you weren't raised in optimal conditions that allowed you to, to you know, fully maximize your potential, and that's why you're not there right now. Fine but you can build on wherever you are. That's a healthy perspective. And one of the things that prevents people from doing that, as I mentioned in my previous podcast, is fear. And in another podcast, when I talked about why people were, and this was before Trump was elected, and I predicted that he might get elected because of fear. Fear is the number one emotion or factor that makes people do things or prevents them from doing things. And right now, currently, it's fear and discomfort, basically. Fear, anxiety, discomfort, and, you know, and people really hate those feelings. I'm hearing more and more, we're all hearing more and more in the media of people talking about the post-factual world, the post-truth world, okay? Uh, one of Trump's, I think it was the campaign manager, basically said, the truth doesn't exist. Okay, or is a, a Trump supporter? You know, yes, truth does exist. Facts exist. Evidence exists. I've said this previously. I say this to my students. I say it to everybody else. I've said it on this podcast, you're entitled to your own opinions, but please don't think that opinions have the same weight as facts. And for people to say this, it's really, really scary because this feeds into a phenomenon that is rampant in North America. And it seems unique to certain cultures. Not all cultures have this. Um, and this is this thing called cognitive dissonance. and And the phenomenon is cognitive dissonance reduction. Now, this was written about in the 1950s, originally by Leon Fessinger. Uh, There were a lot of fascinating studies that basically showed that people act differently than what we expect. And I love this phenomenon because it really helps explain why people do things that seem so irrational. So I'm just going to briefly explain it. Now, some of the studies that um, showed cognitive dissonance reduction, uh, a lot of them, in fact, are very artificial. They're geared to kind of produce the results that uh, the researchers want to show. Having said that, the fact is, it does happen. This is a real, legitimate process. So the, the, the idea is this: Let's say you do something. Um, let's say you uh, you decide to buy a house outside of the city. You work in the city, but you want more land or something else like that. So you buy a house outside of the city, and. The reality is, you find that now the commute is horrific. You used to be able to walk to work. Now you got to drive. You're spending three hours in traffic each way. Um, you know your property taxes are are worse than you expected. And yeah, you got ten foot more backyard. Your house might be you know a few hundred square feet bigger, but in the end, it really wasn't worth it. You uprooted your life, and now you're feeling miserable every day. Well, the average person. In North America, The heck, what uh, you know, this is, uh, and I can say North America. Let's say Canadians, Americans, um, and if you're from a different background, if you're from a different culture, you can still be the average person in North America if you've adopted this mindset, which is the average person is afraid to admit that they are that they've done something stupid or bad because they are kind of weak-minded. I don't mean to alienate anybody, but they're weak-minded in the sense that they can't distinguish between being a bad person versus being a good person who does something bad. And the same thing applies from applies to being a stupid person versus being a smart person who does something stupid. I don't want to sound arrogant, but I I know I'm pretty smart. Okay. I've had my intelligence tested. I know it. However, I tell this to my students, I've probably done more stupid things than almost any student I've ever encountered. Maybe some become a bit older Um, But I'll put put my stupid actions and bad actions up against anybody else. And in most cases, I'm going to rank higher than them. It's not something you brag about. It's just a fact. And I have never thought I'm stupid. But I do admit that I've done stupid things. And that's perspective. It goes back to the theme, right? You can be a good, smart person and unfortunately do bad or stupid things. But too many people are unable to do that. So what they do is... They cannot deny that they've done something. I can deny it to somebody else. I can deny that I um, you know that I, I f- f- did this stupid purchase of this house you know or that I'm in traffic for six hours a day or whatever. but I can't deny it to myself. So what cognitive so what that does is cognitive dissonance says that I want to believe that I'm a smart and good person. So if I do something bad or stupid. Okay, the dissonance, which kind of means it's, like it's not matching, it's not connecting, it's clashing. The dissonance I experience is, wait a second, this experience is telling me that I am not so smart or I'm not so good because I did something stupid or bad. That's cognitive dissonance. So I need to reduce it. Again, I can't deny that I did it. So all that I can do is distort my experience. And by the way, even though Leon Fessinger came up with this cognitive dissonance uh, theory in the 1950s, Freud had talked about it many years before. This is basically rationalization, but it's just a bit more of a formalized uh, conceptualization of it. It's a bit more nuanced. And the idea is that instead of, uh, you know, I can't deny that I I bought this house in the middle of nowhere and I'm traveling six hours a day, but I distort my experience. I say, you know what? Oh, I really love driving in and spending three hours. I get to listen to talk radio or, you know, I get to see the same scenery every day. It's wonderful. And you can apply this to any decision or any behavior people have done. And especially in politics. And this explains what seems so irrational. So with the Trump supporters, And I've talked in other podcasts why people support him, but I've also said that anyone who's foolish enough to believe—I understand why you would feel, you know, very dismayed with the system and why you wouldn't want Hillary Clinton. I understand all that, but for anyone to think that Trump's actually going to do something good for you, when his personality and his behaviors and his attitude and demeanor scream otherwise, you're a fool. But people can't accept that they did something foolish, so instead of recognizing, "Oh my goodness, I've made a horrible mistake." most people now some people have already said that but most people what they're going to do is distort reality or they're going to deflect instead of looking at the stuff that he's going to do or he has done they, instead of looking at his cabinet picks and seeing like oh my goodness this man is just you know surrounding himself with some horrible people they're going to look at other stuff okay they're going to focus their attention somewhere else okay they're going to say hey look at him. he just saved 100,000 jobs in this, in carrier even if it was 350 jobs i think uh, trump said thousands I think the real number is 350. It doesn't matter. People are going to focus on something that will basically tell them, I didn't do something stupid or foolish or bad. That's cognitive dissonance reduction. So the more and more evidence, here's the irony, the more and more evidence that you, you, know, you produce to the people and show them that, wow, you made a mistake, it makes them more and more you know really just um, be more resolute in their decision. Say, no, no, I made the right decision because... And they're going to look desperately for some reason to show that they did not make that mistake. And that's why I'm saying earlier about this post-factual era that we live in. It's so much easier now for people to find something that justifies what they did. That's why it's called rationalization. They rationalize their behavior. And so all you got to do is go onto Facebook or the website, type in anything else. And there's so much fake news out there. And that's what's so scary. And because people are adopting this mindset of, well, you know, hey, I choose to believe this. And if I choose to believe it, it equals facts. So if I choose to believe that uh, climate change is a hoax, well, good enough for me. And more and more people are accepting this mindset. And it is really scary. So if you know somebody who does this or if you do it yourself, please You can function much more adaptively by seeing reality for what it is, not for what you distort it to be, not for what you want it to be, not for what you pretend it to be. You have to look at reality realistically, the real reality, which is why this podcast is named such, and that will help you adapt to what's really going on, and you can function much better. And if you know somebody who's doing this, really stupid thing of well just because i want to believe it or just because i say it so that makes it so it equals fact please talk to them have an impact you know you can't change the world but you can change the people around you maybe or have an influence and if they're not changing you may need to you know distance yourself you may have to put up healthy boundaries again have perspective you might have to say, you know what, this person is just too far gone, and I'm not going to bang my head against the wall you know, day after day after day as I continue to give them evidence, and they continue to dismiss it, to discount it, to say, well, what about this and that? Because remember, all they're doing is protecting their fragile sense of self. But once again, they cannot accept that a good, smart person might have done something stupid or bad. So that's why cognitive distance reduction is so important, and just so you know the the, the one of the original findings was and this is what Leon Fessinger was, kind of inspired him when there was a famous cult i think it was a doomsday cult okay, I think in the fifties uh, when the 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 leader basically prophesied that the world was supposed to end you know on this particular date um and it didn't happen. Everybody thought, okay, well, all the cult members are going to say, well, this is ridiculous. This guy lied to us. Why do we throw our lives away and you know and, and kind of wait for this? And didn't, you know, he's a fraud. The reality is, they found that the cult members, most of them, they doubled down. They looked for other reasons. So the, the cult leader basically said, well, no, you know, this was a test. Our great power, our great being, you know, he tested us, and we all basically uh, went along with it. So we pleased him. So doomsday will happen this particular day or happen a different day. But, hey, congratulations, everyone. You passed. And that's what they focused on versus taking a rational look at themselves. and going, Oh, my gosh, what's happening? And instead of thinking, well, they're just cult members, so they must be weak minded. The reality is that study after study after study has shown that so many people do take that mindset. It might not be as severe as, you know, joining a cult and then, you know, um, taking this foolish stance. But even in smaller things, and like I said, every time there's an election, when you elect somebody bad in Canada, I'm not going to, well, let's say in Ontario, uh, when Mike Harris was elected, when uh, Dalton McGuinty was elected, now Kathleen Wynne, and this is not a political statement, this is a psychological statement. Each of these leaders, and we can look federally as well. But if, if you're listening to this in Ontario, Google, if, you, if you're not living living in Ontario, Google Mike Harris, Dalton McGuinty, Kathleen Wynne, see all the horrible things they've done as leaders, Bob Ray as well. All right, take your pick. i want to go across the board. But the reality is people who voted for them, most people did not. As soon as these things started happening, as soon as they started seeing some really bad things that their leaders were doing... Most people did not accept it. They fell into the cognitive dissonance reduction pattern. And so the next election, they voted once again for these same terrible um, leaders. Bob Ray was the exception, okay, because there's a tipping point. And for some reason, I I know that what Mike Harris and McGinty and Al Kathleen when they're doing, I believe it was worse than Bob Ray. But for whatever reason, in Bob Ray's case, you know people found that to be so terrible that they, they reached a tipping point much faster than they normally do. With Harris, with McGinty, and now with Kathleen Wynne, it's going to take several elections for people to finally say, okay, now it's too much. I cannot distort reality anymore. Okay? That's the tipping point. When they say, I can't pretend you know, that the sky is green anymore. Okay? And that's when they go, oh my goodness, and they finally change their, their perspective. But until that point, they're going to double down and say, no, they are a great leader because once again, to, to say otherwise means that I'm a stupid or a bad person. And most people can't handle that. And again, it doesn't mean you're a stupid or a bad person. It means you made a dumb decision, but you can still be a good, smart person. So anyway, that's a phenomenon we see all the time. And it's not just elections. It's not just doomsday cults. It's all around us all the time. It's irrational, but most people do that. And there are many people who don't do that. And those are the people that you should try to emulate. And if you're one of those people, congratulations, you're in the minority. Um, And if you are, please try to encourage other people to do that, especially if you have children. Tell them to face reality for what it is. The real reality, seeing the real reality will help you lead a much more adaptive life. Speaking of the real reality, thank you for listening to the real reality. um, And I look forward to, uh, to having you join in on other podcasts.